before we get into that, I want to remind you guys that everybody can now become a RodeoKids.com member. We have different levels of involvement with all kinds of exciting opportunities brewing. Uh, there's already a lot of cool stuff on the website, which we have completely redone. And we are starting to offer mental game mini clinics. We actually just had our very first mental game mini clinic with Dr. Andy Wolf uh, the last couple days, and it was amazing. I'm a competitor, and I know that I personally struggle with the mental edge and the mental game of competition and my nerves and staying focused and all of those things. And we talked about that in depth, and we were able to come up with routines and learn about our brains and do some fun activities, and it was just amazing. The kids that were involved got a lot out of it, and we look forward to seeing how they continue to improve and become more successful as they have learned how to conquer their mental game. So stay tuned for that. We're going to be going into phase two soon, and we're going to announce those dates coming up. Um, again, head over to rodeokids.com. Join now and become a member. Fill out your profile and learn about the other kids who are already on there. And share that with your friends, guys. We want this to be an opportunity where you get to grow and learn and become more than just a competitor and build your character and all kinds of awesome things within the rodeo industry. So enough about that. Let's get started with the RodeoKids.com podcast with our guest, Michael Frost from Frost View Productions, all about the big picture. Before we get into that, I want to remind you guys that everybody can now become a RodeoKids.com member. We have different levels of involvement with all kinds of exciting opportunities brewing. Uh, there's already a lot of cool stuff on the website, which we have completely redone. And we are starting to offer mental game mini clinics. We actually just had our very first mental game mini clinic with Dr. Andy Wolf uh, the last couple days, and it was amazing. I'm a competitor, and I know that I personally struggle with the mental edge and the mental game of competition and my nerves and staying focused and all of those things. And we talked about that in depth and we were able to come up with routines and learn about our brains and do some fun activities. And it was just amazing. The kids that were involved got a lot out of it and we look forward to seeing how they continue to improve and become more successful as they have learned how to conquer their mental game. So stay tuned for that. We're going to be going into phase two soon and we're going to announce those dates coming up. Um, again, head over to rodeokids.com, join now and become a member, fill out your profile and learn about the other kids who are already on there and share that with your friends. Guys, we want this to be an opportunity where you get to grow and learn and become more than just a competitor and build your character and all kinds of awesome things within the rodeo industry. So enough about that. Let's get started with the rodeokids.com podcast with our guest, Michael Frost from Frost View Productions, all about the big picture. Welcome to the RodeoKids.com podcast, where we empower youth to be their best selves through the values and traditions of the rodeo and Western lifestyle. Are you at home today or where are you at? I am. I'm in Iowa. Um, I actually went to 
Colorado to do a clinic and then Utah to do a clinic. And then I was at the Little Bridges finals for a week and I have nothing else wow. booked for the rest of the summer. And I'm really looking forward to it. That'll be nice. Yeah, it was just one of those times the last few years I've just been going, going, going. And I have a pasture full of pretty nice horses right now. And I'm just ready to take a step back, let the business and the <laughs> previous travel kind of prove itself and um yeah just spend some time oh. around home for a while nice yeah what about you you're in idaho yeah we were in uh, just got done in joseph oregon and laying over in caldwell uh last night and tonight and then uh, go to set up in idaho falls idaho tomorrow oh fun i did a college or i had a college rodeo there when i was a coach once and loved it oh you did yes idaho weirdly is gorgeous Mm -hmm. uh, I, I never, until I started coming out here three or four years ago, I didn't know much about Idaho, but I mean, it is the, them falls over there and the mountains out here, everything's beautiful. Yes. I was in Rangeley, Colorado as a rodeo coach for, I didn't coach for that long, but I stayed in town for a while and got to go to Utah and Idaho and spent a lot of time, obviously in Colorado oh. and it was just wonderful like I love Iowa but being That's awesome. there was amazing yeah definitely one of my yeah. favorites so well welcome to the rodeo yeah. kids podcast um I'm excited to have you on here I've you know kind of seen your journey and watched it continue to grow over the past how many years have you been doing this now uh this is our ninth year ninth year yeah it doesn't feel like nine but it's been it's been nine. I've had the performance pony company now for six years and rodeo kids is actually on its third year. Um, and it's just kind of crazy. Like how fast it all flies by. It, it is. It, it, once you get to doing what you love, it, it, it seems like it, you know, time just flies by. Mm -hmm. Uh, and, uh, um, it, it's fun watching, watching your dreams grow and your thoughts turn into, uh, actual a product and, and watching that grow is pretty, pretty fun. Yes. It's fun, but it comes with its fair share of adversity as well. <laughs> yes, it does. Yes, it does. But anything in life does. So let's just get started as to like, tell us a little bit about who you are um, and how you got to where you are today. <laughs> well, um, I, uh, I was, I was born up in South Dakota. And so that's kind of, kind of how where I am today you know why 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 I am where I am today I guess we uh, uh, moved out to South Dakota my folks did in the late 70s early 80s uh, we've been good friends with the Corcos there in Pier uh, they have that uh, Corco rodeo company up there um, <clears throat> so anyway I was, I was born in Pier there and 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 moved to Iowa when I was I don't know three or four years old and have always rodeoed myself steer wrestled uh, team roped and, and calf rope um kind of grew up doing that uh had had an accident in high school i was, had a bulldog in accident in high school which initially hurt my back i had a my first back surgery my uh junior year of high school um but kept after it and in uh 2012 uh the the fall of 2012 i had my my fourth back surgery and so I decided at that point in time to, to quit rodeoing, um, but wanted to 
figure out a way to somehow stay in the industry. I had a couple real jobs throughout there, but um, it just wasn't for me, you know, working, working, working a real, real deal. So anyway, uh, TJ Corco and I in October of, uh, of 2012 took some horses and bulls to a Bronx match, uh, Bronx and bulls in Mitchell, South Dakota. And after the performance that night, we'd, we'd went to a, a little restaurant bar deal and, and was having some, some food and some drinks and just got to chatting about life and all. And, and he, he said, Paco, there's uh there's a lot of rodeos that are coming up, especially in the Midwest that were uh, coming on with video boards and not a lot of good video board companies out there. Um, and uh, so I, like I, for seven years, I worked for a uh, U.S. smokeless tobacco company. And uh, so I, they had, they had scoreboards for quite a long time. And so I knew like those things existed, but I didn't know they were owned by private companies. I just, I honestly didn't know how that works. Mm -hmm. So anyway, uh, just down the road from Mitchell, South Dakota, there is a company called Dactronics and they make a lot of the big, uh, the video boards and the timing systems and, and everything right there in Brookings, uh, which is just a couple hours down the road. So the next day I went on a tour at Dactronics and, and uh, kind of got some ideas put together and got my family involved. Uh, my mom and dad and my sister and brother-in-law and her three boys, uh, we all, we all own it and uh, uh, run for what's, what's now Frostview Productions. So it, it all started at a, a little bar in Mitchell, South Dakota. Wow, it's cool how those stories happen. Like, you yeah, I mean, randomly, that. just just have a conversation, and 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 then it turns into it. So. Yeah, well, and you know, we do have a lot of youth that listen to this and families, and it can happen that fast. You RodeoKids.com. Oh, absolutely. After one conversation in Vegas one night, and then I was in the elevator by myself, and bam, it was like RodeoKids.com is for you. Got <laughs> yeah. a new company. Yeah. And yeah. It's cool the way that works. And I like how, you know, you mentioned that you had no idea about like how the boards worked. And for those who are looking to pursue a career in the Western industry, but you aren't sure what way to go, kind of like you said, you know, on your journey, you just couldn't quite find your niche in like what I consider as the real world with air quotes, um, yeah. and real jobs, air quotes again. Um, if you just go to a rodeo and look around and get curious about the different parts of the production, there's so much yep. that goes into it that like if something, if a bright light catches your eye, somebody has to make those lights. Somebody puts those lights up. Somebody wires those lights or brings in those screens or sets up the announcing stand like there's so many opportunities to be involved in the industry without being a competitor absolutely yeah yep. i mean anymore so we we've grown uh from just video boards i've got uh i've got two two larger video boards and one smaller now so we've got three total and then i've got a couple different sound systems um you know so an another thing that i never knew uh, was it was a was was part of the rodeo industry is you know sound sound and music you know I always knew music was involved but so what it what it kind of turned into is I wanted to be in the industry I wanted I couldn't rodeo anymore I wanted to be in the industry and so I kind of built my own little niche and uh, um, I, I didn't even know computers that well when I first started but I, I love the industry and I love the business I wanted to be in it and 
that that drove that drove me to to learn and and we're we're one of the uh, one of the top companies going now after after nine years. And you know, technology changes every year. Stuff changes. Screens change. Uh, so I mean, it's an it's an ongoing learning experience that with no end in sight. Yeah. So just on that line, um, you know, you're talking about the technology and the screens and all of that constantly evolving. What does it take to stay on top of the game with all of that constantly changing? And it, yeah, you have to have somewhat of a a large imagination because um, you can get stagnant pretty quick. I I like to change my lower my graphics, my lower thirds, and the time clock and and everything. I anymore I like to change the way it looks from rodeo to rodeo, oh, wow. um, just so there's always something fresh and new. And the more the more ideas you throw on paper, like I'm sure you know, uh, a lot of your ideas come you know come from other ideas that spur off to other things that spur off to other things and and so on and so forth. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, and especially setting this stuff up at week in and week out, to me, it gets boring like that, that same look, it's boring. I know every, everywhere we go, it, those people have never seen it before. So, I mean, it's a whole different view from them to me, but, uh, I just, I like to keep it fresh and a new look and try things that nobody's ever tried before. Uh, you know, and that kind of, kind of what separates companies from, from companies. And, you know, I don't want to look like any, how anybody else looks. I want to have my own look. Yeah. I know, like even just the pictures that I use, you know, of, of tack on ponies or of kids. And it's like, yep. nobody else has seen these pictures or if they have, they've only seen them once. But when you look at them every day and you think about like, okay, well, how am I going to use this? Where can I put that? What quote can I put with that word? How can I, you know, just yep. make that one picture or that one photo matter? And then it's like, oh, I've already used it once. I can't use it again. And it's like, it's not really true because most yeah. people haven't seen it, but you know, as a business person, when you're in a marketer, when you're constantly trying to market yourself and your product and your services, it's important to, to have that um, desire to keep improving and to keep growing and to constantly be changing it up because it is an ever evolving industry and life. And no matter what discipline you're in, whether you're putting up screens or selling pony tack or, or if you're a competitor, you still yep. always need to be looking for the competitive advantage. Yep. Yep. Do those uh, little extra things that uh, that nobody else is doing or has done or, or wants to do. I and I think a lot of this stems back from uh, growing up with Corcos on the ranch. Uh, um, you know, they uh, they always always pushed us to to do the stuff that nobody else wants to do. Because I mean, it has to get done. So somebody just will do it. And I was always one of the guys that got stuck doing the crappy stuff. But the satisfaction I always got from doing that drove me to keep doing it. So I think that's what pushed me, you know, now doing what I'm doing. Well, you know, I do that extra stuff. Nobody else does yeah. um, that little bit of extra yeah. work that maybe somebody else doesn't want to do. And, and that's what sets, sets you apart from other people is, you know, they, they, they do notice that, that stuff. If you do little things that nobody else wants to do, it may seem small and minute to you, but that could be big to someone else. And you never know what kind of possibilities that would bring. Oh yeah. You know, even like I was listening to a podcast. Um, I'm a big fan of podcast listening as well. And Ed Milet is one I listen to often. And, um, the person that he had on there with him, I even wrote down this quote and it happens to still be on my desk said, you make a living from the problem you solve. So like whatever problem mm-hmm. 
that you find. So you were doing the things that other people didn't want to do or weren't even thinking about doing. And then it says, um, you make a living from the problem you solve. You make a life from the passion that you chase. So when you can turn that problem into your passion, um, or when that problem becomes your passion, that's when you really get to live a cool life too. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. yeah, awesome. And such a cool, fun way to live. So how many rodeos do you, is it just rodeos that you do or all kinds of events? I'd say 90% of what we do throughout the years, um, rodeos and, uh, you know, a large portion of those are PRCA rodeos, but we will do a couple, uh, you know, we'll do a demo derby here and there and um, just some random events. I, I'm trying to, I'm trying to get, get to do more of that stuff just to switch it up a little bit but yeah we've just yeah. dug our heels so deep into rodeos that's kind of where it's uh, where it sits for right now but the last i looked we do um 43 events a year uh and of those that are rodeos there's about 119 performances wow so how many so if you have multiple screens how many people do you have going out on the road or are you all going to the same place all the time or how does that work now we'll we'll switch up from time to time. I, I'll uh, send send screens to different places. I have some uh, some guys that um, that will come in and help. Garrett Yergin, uh, he's an announcer. Uh, he'll come run a, run a board every now and then. Garrison Panzer is another announcer, music director. Uh, you know those are those are two guys that uh, help me out a lot. Especially uh, last year, I had, had to have another back surgery right towards the end of the season. And, uh, those two guys, um, uh, Gary Ergen was just voted the PRCA announcer of the year last year. Uh, but he's phenomenal at music. He's amazing at announcing and he's weirdly enough, smarter than me at running video boards. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, and no, uh, those are two guys that uh, Garrison Panzer is the same way. He, uh, he's, great great announcer great music director and phenomenal at running running video and uh to stay fresh in this business and to do to, you know to grow in this business you got to be able to do multiple things oh yeah um if you just do do one thing you're gonna get stuck in that uh and so the, you know those those two help me out quite a bit and i'm i'm talking to a guy right now about um hiring a whole nother crew to put on a screen next year so we'll have you know, I'd like to have two or three crews going uh, multiple different, multiple places moving forward, but uh, COVID really set me back business-wise about three or four years. Uh, oh, so wow. we're just now kind of coming out of that, getting back to where we were in 2019. So it, it's taken it's taken this long from COVID to to get everything built back up, but we're rocking and rolling now. Well, good. At least when everybody is coming back from COVID, they're coming back strong. It seems like the rodeos are strong. The fan base is strong. Yep. The Cowboy Channel is helping a lot of things grow, I think, and Yellowstone and the industry as a whole oh, yeah. is being a forward movement that is wonderful. Yeah, it's it's fun watching these these committees at, at these rodeos. You know, the, a lot of them, have, you know, the rodeos have been going on 75 years, 100 years, uh, 100 years plus. And they've never uh, sold out a, sh a show before. Uh, and, you know, last year you started seeing, you know, like three or four day rodeos sell out every performance. Yeah. And uh, yeah. so it's, it's been really fun watching that, getting people that have never seen rodeos before uh, to get out there and see rodeos. Uh, like Sykeston, Missouri, they brought in Nelly mm -hmm. um, for, for one of their acts. And that sold them more tickets the next night than they've ever sold because people 
that don't know rodeo come in to watch Nelly and watch watch the performance that night and loved it. So you know we're gaining a whole new fan base and and uh, it, it's really been fun watching it grow the past couple of years. You bet. Not only is the industry like there's things happening like the Yellowstone and all of that and the American and the Cowboy Channel that are putting stuff out there for people who are unfamiliar with rodeo to learn more about it. But then I do, like you said, the the committees and the stock contractors and everybody, they're also bringing in new things that outsiders are familiar with to help it grow together. And I remember uh, Fort Madison, I think it was last year, the year before they had Nellie and I went down and happened to be there that night. And oh my gosh, like who would have ever thought (laughs) Nellie would be at a rodeo, but he's phenomenal and the crowd just gets so into it. It's fun. Yeah, it's a good time. Yeah, and I think along those lines too, you know, the the Nelly crowd, whether you're a country fan or a rodeo fan or, or whoever you are, every single one of us, the majority of the ticket buying generation right now, the people that have the money and the desire to go be entertained are the people who are Nelly's Nelly lovers. You know, we grew up in that generation yeah. and it was funny because I was sitting there on the bucking sheets and there's a couple kids that they're about 10 years younger than me and I've known them forever and I'm sitting up there like singing and dancing around to every song. And I'm like, have you guys ever heard these before? You know, and they're in college and they're like, no, we've never heard any of these songs. <laughs> but the majority of the crowd had. So that was fun. Oh yeah. It's there's a weird science behind uh uh getting these crowds to come out to watch rodeo. I you know that I hate saying it, but you're not gonna get a lot of new people just to come out to watch rodeo. Right. There has to be some connection to it. So these committees are having to, to hire, you know, different, different stuff uh, to, to get people to come in. And it's fun watching that progress. Um, rodeo itself is just a weird, uh, it's a weird entity. And it, it's, it takes a lot, of, uh, a, lot of, a lot of different ideas to, to get people to come on out and enjoy it. Yeah, you bet. You bet. So let's um, talk a little bit for those who aren't familiar with like the soundboards and the, the big screens and all of that. Like what does it, what goes into getting involved in that and preparing that for a rodeo? So it, it takes many, many behind the scenes hours to get everything ready. Uh, so we, you know, kind of just to break it, break it break through it all we had we get a list of uh contestant names from the prca uh so we we upload that and then um we have to build all of our graphics the lower thirds the the time clock the leaderboards uh uh all that stuff for the for the graphic side of it and then i typically have two or three cameras um sitting around the the arena that catch all the action one behind the shoots and and one catching the front of the rough stock and then one straight on for the timed event. And also those three camera feeds all come into, uh, it's called a TriCaster, the machine that, that switches all the video. Um, and so like during the rodeo, I'm switching between three cameras, I'm switching contestant names, I'm watching, I own also all the timing equipment. So all the timing uh, timing equipment that, that they use for the rodeo comes with, comes with a package deal that I have. So I'll have all that info coming in. So I have to put up the Cowboys names or the Cowgirls names and the time clock and, and do all that while I'm switching cameras and then running replays and, 
Um, so, I mean, there's, there's a lot of, a uh, lot of technology coming in that we have to pay attention to during the rodeo. By the time it's all said and done, I'm, I'm wore out, yeah. uh, but okay, it's, it's fun. <laughs> you know, you, you see a lot of the, uh, you, you see a lot of the older, the older crowd, uh, sitting in the stands that, you know, throughout the rodeo, they just sit back and watch the video board instead of watching the arena because it's just right. It, it brings everything right up to them. Mm-hmm. And with the replays and, and everything else, it's it, it brings a whole new experience to the crowd. Yeah. So how far in advance do you have to set this up for a rodeo or how long does it take you to set it up? So just for instance, I'm out here uh, for Idaho Falls. Uh, we will travel out there tomorrow. I've got two screens um, set up out there in Idaho Falls. So we'll, we'll, we'll spend about two days, two full days uh, setting everything up. And then uh, the last day, the, the day of their performance, usually their night performance, um, I'll just put the fin- final touches on it. So two and a half days typically, uh, if I have the time to do it, is, is what I like to have. Uh, but I've done, I've done same day, uh, like one day performances where I get through that morning and we just have to um, we just have to bust through it and get it done. We can get it done in a day, but I'd like to have more time. Yeah, that's a lot too make sure that you've got everything plugged in correctly, like literally and physically, like (laughs) so much to it. And like, how does weather affect what you do? Um, Most of the screens that, that we use are all outdoor screens. So they're, they're pretty well weatherproof. Mm -hmm. Uh, But uh, the, the bad thing about, about rodeos, it's, they're all right next to a very dusty arena. So all those electrical components, you know, dust is hard on it. Wind is pretty hard on those screens. You know, they're just a big tight or a big kite sitting up in the air. Yeah. Um, so when we have bad thunderstorms come through, a lot of stuff can happen. Uh, but for the most part, they're pretty well weatherproof. Uh, heat, heat's pretty tough on them. But um, oh, uh, like this week, we have are hard on them. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Rodeo is probably the hardest thing for all the equipment that we use because it's just a very dusty dirty nasty environment mm-hmm. um, but it you know maintenance is is constant yeah i bet how long on average does a, a large telecaster last um so they're probably pretty good for three or four years um, you can get more out of them, but by then they're, you know, they're wore out bouncing up and down the road, uh, you know, being plugged in and unplugged. They're, they're made to sit in a, uh, air conditioned room in a, in a building and have camera feeds and all come into them for like basketball games and stuff, yeah. but our stuff, you know, bounces up and down the road. So we're, we're having to replace equipment probably every five years. Oh, on the on the TriCaster end of it, cameras are the same way. You know, they sit out there in the sun and the dirt and, and everything else. So mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's very very uh, very expensive. How many people does it take on a crew to run it? I've got if I have three cameras, I'll have obviously three camera operators, um, and then uh, myself uh, running the video and the stats. So four to five is five is probably about the perfect number. You know, for a large setup like we do. Mm-hmm. Um, but you, you know, we've, we've done it with two or three. So wow. that's, uh, 
it, it takes a lot of vehicles, a lot of tires on the road, a lot of miles to feed to, to make all this happen. Um, and we do it in a, in a short amount of time. Like we, like here in Idaho Falls, we'll come in Tuesday evening, set up, uh, set up Wednesday, uh, part of the day, Thursday, then we will rodeo Thursday, Friday, Saturday, tear down Sunday and do the same thing again the next week. Wow. That's a lot of, and sometimes you're going from Idaho to Iowa or Iowa to who knows. Yes. Like, like after Idaho, we'll go back to Iowa for, I get a weekend off or I'm going camping with my wife. Uh, nice. Just to get away, going to shut the phone off and, and just be for a little while. But then we go, so we'll go from Idaho Falls back to Iowa and then uh, Hastings, Nebraska to Norco, California to Dillon, Montana. Wow. That's uh, a lot of miles. So, <laughs> it, uh, I, I, I haven't, I, when I first started out, I would take any shows wherever just to get my name out there and get started. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I'd be, I'd be traveling crisscrossing across the, across the map. And I've been trying to fix that, especially with $5 fuel, uh, $7 once we get out to California. Yeah. Uh, but it's, it's one of them deals. Once we have the contract, I'm not gonna, uh, I'm not gonna get out of it until either, they, they find someone new or we just absolutely can't do it anymore. So. Yep. I understand that. And that fuel does make it difficult. And it, you know, that's one of those things that everybody who's listening to this is involved in some sort of driving, you know, and um, yeah. it definitely plays into it. And, you know, you're trying not to price gouge people because I'm sure it's what you're doing is not cheap either just because it is technology and like we've talked about there's so much that goes into it and so many people and then you add fuel prices on top of that um it just should to me it makes me really appreciate what we're still able to do in this industry considering the current circumstances oh for sure yeah and that's that was a a quick not a quick but a, a good learning lesson for me when i uh was making these contracts you know four or five years ago some of them longer uh, fuel was uh, two bucks, mm-hmm. three at the highest. And I never dreamed we'd get to the point where it'd be $5 plus. So I didn't put it in any of my contracts for a fuel surcharge if it, if it gets to a point. So, you know, I, nine years into it, I'm still learning stuff every day we're out here. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, just the, the little the little things you never think of. But yeah. uh, I, I feel bad for the contestants going up and down the road for the same money that they've been going after for, for years. And I applaud the uh, the rodeo committees that are are trying to make it better for them, um, and I applaud the the contestants still going. I we're we're seeing right now towards the middle end of the summer, if the uh, if they're not sitting in the top twenty five or or better, uh, they're sticking closer to home. So these big Northwest rodeos coming up are struggling for contestants. Yeah, uh, I bet like, that, that they've never had before, and yeah. I don't blame them for sitting home. It's you know it's it's so pricey going up and down the road. But it uh, when it's your li- livelihood, you, you got to do it. Yep, exactly. It's it's a bittersweet deal. You know, you still got to go and support those rodeos. You support us. But a lot of those guys still have families back home that they spend a lot of time for, away from anyway. And it's kind of that double-edged sword as to what do you do? When do you go? When do you, you know, push yourself out there anyway? And But that's something that, you know, as, as kids grow up and have those gold buckle dreams to make the NFR and, and chasing those goals up and down the road. Like you got to save some of that money you win for times like this, because whether it's 
you know, a horse that gets hurt or fuel that goes up, there's going to be unexpected costs. And if you can prepare for that ahead of time, then it allows you to keep going when the person who didn't prepare probably can't. Yep. And we all know cowboys and cowgirls aren't, aren't really known for being the uh, retirement putter awares. Uh, <laughs> so. No, or the rainy day funders. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yes, I've definitely been guilty of that before. And uh, self-inflicted, had to learn the hard way, go back to work, yep. don't get to rodeo this weekend, that type of deal. <laughs> yep, exactly. You bet. Yeah. That's definitely part of it. So what does it take? Like if you're going to hire somebody to uh, be on one of your crews, like what are you looking for in an employee or somebody to run this equipment? Uh, number one, I am scared to death of heights, so they, they cannot be. Okay. <laughs> so, that's, that's first and foremost what I look for. If they can climb up a ladder and, and hang off a beam, cause I'm not going to, they're, they're in. Yeah. Uh, no, it, 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 it's very, uh, uh, it's, it's tough finding people to, to go up and down the road with us. Cause one, you know, they're, they're, they are away from their families or, uh, kids or, or whatever, uh, for long periods of time. Uh, so you have to find someone that is willing or able to do that, uh, can drive a truck and trailer, which is very hard to come by anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, aren't, aren't afraid to work long hours. Uh, you know, and then you have the technology side of it, you know, can they run a computer? Can they run a camera? Do they know stuff about that? So you're looking for very specific people, um, that are, are hard to come by. So it's been tough, especially after COVID. It's just, it, nobody's wanting to work anymore. Or if they are wanting to work, they're wanting 200,000 a year to, um, to run some cables. So it's been, right. it's been very, very tough here the past couple of years trying to find, find help. I'm lucky enough to have uh, my nephews that travel with me quite a bit during the summer. I got one was supposed to go home today uh, for football camp, but decided at 1.30 this morning, he'd rather stay with his old Uncle Michael. That's uh, cool. So I, I got him for another week. And uh, so we're, we're pretty fortunate right now to have my family uh, very much involved with it. So they go with me quite a bit, but I'm still, still searching for a couple, couple guys to um, to come with me up and down the road. Yeah. Well, I think that's pretty interesting. Like, I guess I would have never thought about putting on my resume that I'm not afraid to, I'm not afraid of heights. I can drive a truck and trailer. <laughs> like those are things uh -huh. that you just don't think about putting on there. So for those of you who are listening yeah. to this, that are, you know, younger or even older people who are in the resume building, job changing, hunting season of your life, like don't forget that stuff too. Yeah, all that little stuff makes a big difference. Yeah. You know, if you can do the same stuff everybody else can, then you're really not sticking out. It's the little things that you that you learn and, and are willing to learn and go do that's going to put you up and above the rest of everybody else and make your worth more. You bet. Especially the working hard part. It's, I don't think it matters what industry you're in right now. Um, you know, my dad's an electrician. My boyfriend's a farmer um, and a cattle guy who has a feedlot and um, it's just, we're in a very interesting time, um, in our work ethic for as many people as live in the world, the billions and billions, how many are taking a backseat and letting somebody else, um, pave their way for them rather than getting out there, working hard, taking jobs, learning things, experiencing, staying up late, 
um, that's when you're really living life and learning skills and you yep. need more people. So if you got to be willing to do it. And I know that there's a lot of kids that, um, that we sponsor that listen to this. And I, I feel blessed to be around so many that are willing to work and help and be a part of it. So there is hope for the future. We just got to keep driving them. <laughs> Heck yes. I love it. I love the future. We got some really good kids coming up. Like I do a lot of Chris Neal's events um, down there at the, at the Lazy E. You bet. And the, watching the, uh, the young kids coming up roping is, it's scary how good they are mm-hmm. at such a young age. Yeah. So and that, that doesn't happen overnight. That takes a lot of, a lot of hard work and lots of mornings and evenings of practicing before and after school and and having that dedication. So there is hope out there. I, I see it. I see it all the time as, as good as these kids are. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I hope all of them that are listening, keep it up. Yes, definitely. And if you decide that in the arena is not for you, be looking outside the arena because there's all kinds of opportunities, just like what you're doing or what I get to do through the performance pony company and rodeo kids. And, um, you know, be an announcer, be a sound guy, be a marketer for rodeos. I mean, there's, Oh, yeah. So many things. You can raise livestock. You can be a pickup man. You can be a bullfighter. You can, I mean, there's just so many things in so many ways. Even a graphics person who can create cool banners and logos and stuff like that. There's just yeah. endless opportunities every, if you're willing to look for them. Every rodeo committee has a has a good marketing person that does all their social media, mm-hmm. uh, gets all the ads. You know, I mean, there's an endless opportunity in the in the rodeo industry right now uh if you want to get involved i mean there's there's so many different aspects of it yeah especially the social media deal like bringing that up you know if you can when you're going through tiktok and through your facebook or instagram or i guess kids today they don't use those they just use snapchat and tiktok but look for those really cool videos that catch your attention and and look at the science behind those and try to, if that's something you're interested in, you know, even stuff as simple as when you're scrolling through, be looking for stuff that you think makes a difference and that catches people's attention and hone in on those skills. Yep. Yeah. A lot of the, it's funny watching a lot of these older committee men trying to figure out TikTok. Oh gosh. There are, are, the attention span of people anymore are seconds long. Mm-hmm. Uh, so their long commercials and long, all that doesn't work like it used to. So, I mean, you see a lot of these rodeos making, making their own TikToks and Snapchats and, and that's what, what drives the people. And it's crazy watching, watching them try to figure out. And I, I, I could guess I can put myself in that shoes cause I don't know how to TikTok or Snapchat very well. <laughs> so <laughs> I hear you. I've gotten to where um, I've gotten a lot better at TikTok, but it's still like something that I don't care to spend a lot of time on. Like I want to live my life. I don't want to watch other people live theirs. Um, exactly. But when I was at the at the Little Bridges finals, I would ask kids, you know, like, are you guys on Facebook or Instagram? And they're like, no, we're on TikTok and Snapchat. We don't do that stuff. Only my older sister who just graduated high school. On <laughs> and my mom's on Facebook and it's like, Gosh, I guess I am getting old. <laughs> oh, God. Yes. Yes. When I first got on Facebook, you had to have a, a, a college email to sign up for it. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, you were in the beginning soon was, with Facebook. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was a long, long time ago. I know. It's just funny to look back on all that technology, like when there was MSN Messenger and then MySpace and all the different phases that we've gone through. And now TikTok is taking over the world. And it's like, what's next? Like, what could possibly be next? <laughs> you know, and that actually brings up a point of what I'm trying to figure out right now in, in, the, in the progression of the video board world. You know, they had little flip cubes way back you know, 15, 20 years ago, that would just put up uh, a name and a time. And then it, it went from a little flip cube in there to just ugly yellow lights that would have a name and a time, but then it'd be a, a graphic of a cap roper. Yeah. Uh, and then that yeah. progressed into a video, a video board and video boards have been kind of stagnant for, for a few years. I mean, the, the, the light pattern gets tighter, so it's clearer to see, but we're trying to figure out right now, what's, what's the next in progression of that? Yeah, uh, is it going to be IMAX to rodeo? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So trying to stay ahead of that. And they have, they have some different apps now. Uh, one's called score it. I think it is. And there's another one. I can't remember what it's called, but it, le it allows the people in the stands to score all the rough stock events. Uh, oh, and then at the end wow. of it, one, one sponsored by Cinch, I believe, or something. So it, whoever's the, the top scorer of the rodeo gets a, a free pair of jeans or something. And it brings a little more interactive uh, to the crowd. So, uh, you know, they can they can put in what their scores would be and then compare it to what the actual judges scores were. That's kind of cool. But at what point do you think that that kind of stuff takes away from the actual rodeo? And that, that was a conversation we had also right after the rodeo is we're trying to keep their attention on the arena and now we're pushing it to their phones. Yeah. So are we going backwards in what we're trying to do? Uh, or, or, you know, I, it, it's, it's kind of a double-edged sword because I, in my mind, <clears throat> you can, you can do a lot with that. You know, people that have never been to a rodeo, you can, you can add to that app, you know, what to look for uh why 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 you would mark a horse the way you'd mark the horse why you would mark the cowboy the way you'd mark the cowboy mm -hmm. uh, and bring bring some more awareness to the sport but at the same time you know like we said a little bit ago you're, you're taking the focus away from the arena so yeah um I that, that that part of it i think i think there's something there it's just going to take a little bit to figure it out yeah i see that as like an awesome thing for the cowboy channel to do um, while people yeah. are sitting at home in their living room, how can they be involved, you know, versus, you know, in, in my opinion, it's the announcer's job to educate our fans and people who come to the rodeo, what they're looking for. And, you know, if, if we're going to put it all on a phone, what's the point in having an announcer if everybody's yeah. going to be glued to their phone and not listening? Um, yeah. but that's, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. It's always good to try new things and see what sticks, you know, just like we talked about in the very beginning. And, um, my mom has said before, as I've built companies and gotten stagnant is one word that you used and just like, gosh, what do I do next? And you have this huge deal of ideas. And she said, you just start throwing them at a board, just put them all out there on a piece of paper and you start throwing them out there and see what sticks and some things are going to stick. Some things are going to slide off and some things aren't even going to make it to the board. It's like playing darts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> some of the greatest things that we do right now i thought were the dumbest ideas ever mm -hmm. or didn't and, even think that know, they were possible at one point exactly in time, but as time advances yep. yeah very cool well 
what's some of the adversity that you faced? You know, it doesn't matter what we're doing. There's always something that is a struggle. Um, what are some things that you've had to, to turn obstacles into opportunities? Um, my biggest obstacle and struggle from the very beginning was learning how to run, run computers. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had to, I had to, you know, essentially teach myself how to, how to run computers. Cause Starting I never was a, no, I never was a computer guy or, or anything like that. Uh, but <clears throat> that, I mean, that was a very, very large, but, but ended up being a small obstacle. Um, right now, our biggest obstacle in, in, in my world, the video board world is trying to, uh, get us and the cowboy channel on the same page. Mm. Uh, that that's just been a that's been a huge struggle uh trying to trying to get all that figured out because all the all the all the footage you see on the cowboy channel right now uh is done by us video board operators the cowboy channel doesn't send out any of their own video crew i've always wondered about that i'm glad to know that yeah yeah so which which is fine like it's 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 a good idea on on the whole realm of things, but there's a lot of other stuff to figure out. But within that, we all of a sudden had to figure out how to be TV broadcasters. Because, yeah. you know, there's a, there's a large difference between tap to speak, and then I have to unmute it. Oh, I'm unmuted. Am I unmuted? You're good. We're back. So you'll you'll never believe what just happened. I I had I had my phone sitting on the uh, the dashboard of my truck. Did it overheat? And it's yeah, it's 102 here in Idaho, and apparently inside of my truck is too hot for my phone. Oh. <laughs> what a deal. Like so I got my my nephew Tanner here with me and Cactus Corco, TJ's boy. And uh, they started making fun of me because I don't know how to run technology. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> Wanted to be in the field and still not not excel at it. Exactly. <laughs> always learning, always learning. So, um, so learning how to quickly on the fly start start running video production from just just to the in-house video board to now uh, broadcasting out on TV has been a massive undertaking. Yeah, that's huge. Uh, it's like, well, you know, Belfouche, we have that one over the fourth. Uh, that one's aired live on the on the channel. So whenever we have, so this isn't going to make any sense to anybody, but I have to send them three different feeds. One's called a clean feed. So it's just, just the video. Uh, no stats overlaid, uh, nothing, just the straight video. And then I have to send them a, what's called a dirty feed. So that's with the video and the lower thirds and the time clock and the leaderboard, mm-hmm. uh, the same mix that we send out to, to the screen and then another another feed with just the stats. So like for live live for TV, you know, like Belfouche, uh, Cowboy Channel will take the clean feed and the stats <clears throat> separately and they have the capability in-house down there in Fort Worth of pulling whatever stats they need off the screen and putting their own graphics up on TV, oh. uh, but what that does, you know, during a rodeo, if I have a leaderboard up in house on TV, it's still a camera. 
So I always, I can't, you know, I can't put a leaderboard up to cover something up because on the Cowboy Channel, I'm not covering anything up because it's, they're, they're taking my live camera feeds. Oh. So you always have to be aware of what's going on in the background, what you got going up now, what's coming up next. I mean, it's a whole nother beast. Yeah. So learning how to do that unexpectedly uh, has been very tough. Yeah, that um, sounds like a whole, a whole completely separate business within your business, almost. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And, you know, God bless the Cowboy Channel. They're, they're trying to help the sport as much as they can, but they really threw some, uh, threw some stuff at us that we weren't expecting or prepared for. But, uh, you know, that's another part of business you always have to be ready for is the unexpected parts of it. Well, yeah, and it's still got to be a cool opportunity to, to be able to do that and to broadcast this kind of stuff live. Um, yeah on television it's fun seeing your stuff on tv yeah you bet and i'm sure i'm excited to see as the cowboy channel continues to evolve what it looks like in another two or three or four years you know if the the quality improves and um i'm sure they're going through their fair share of hiccups just trying to figure out how to make this all work as well and um it's cool but it'll definitely be interesting yeah for sure and, you know, with, within broadcasting it on TV, uh, brought up a whole nother uh, part of the, on the music deal. So the, the PRCA has to buy the uh, music rights to be able to play songs uh, at the rodeos. Like you can't just, you can't just play whatever song you want. You gotta have the rights for it. So the PRCA had, had to buy the rights uh, for all the music, but that's only broadcast in house. Once it gets broadcasted on TV, that's a whole nother beast. So now the Cowboy Channel had to had to get the rights to put the put the music on TV. Uh, you know, all all more unexpected things that nobody was had even thought about. Mm-hmm. And now the Cowboy Channel is wanting to brought you know um, go off into college rodeos and now high school rodeos, maybe even down into junior high rodeos. So I mean, there's a lot of a lot of more opportunities coming up within the cowboy channel on that if if uh if somebody's wanting to be involved in the rodeo industry but are more on the broadcast side of it there's going to be some massive opportunities coming up within that so i mean it's the cowboy channel's helping it's it's trying to do the right thing it's you know but but quickly and whenever you try to do something quickly it never seems to work out right yes i hope that you know just as i've heard you talking about it and just what little i've seen from watching and heard from just talking to people um i do hope that they allow this to snowball at its at a safe safe space safe pace um so that it doesn't get too out of control too fast with too many irons in the fire that we can't all keep hot um I know what that feels like as an entrepreneur, just in business in general. And uh, it can happen real fast where a lot of things sound like a good idea and you get to doing so many of them at once. And then once you take a step back and you're like, oh my gosh, like my fire's burning out, but all the irons are still in there. How do I keep them hot? Nope. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so cool. I'm excited to see how that, how that continues to evolve. Our industry is definitely, um, definitely headed in a cool direction and there's so many opportunities and I just I'm looking forward to seeing what happens yeah and you're uh what you got going on is um pretty cool watching you know it is getting into those those younger people are 
uh, the big rock stars and superstars of the future. So uh, it's cool seeing them spotlighted and, and having opportunities that you're, that you're allowing them to have. Yeah, thanks. You know, my big thing when I was in high school was FFA, and I learned so much from it, like not just the competition side of it, though, you know, it fostered, I was in communication contests and just uh, advertising contests and just marketing plan and conduct of meetings and soils judging and the president of the chapter and all of that. And uh, that stuff gave me a really cool opportunity and really fostered who I decided to be as a professional when I went to college. And um, I think that our industry has created so many amazing opportunities for these kids to go and compete. But um, my goal isn't, I, I, there's plenty of kids out there who have, have the skills and the desire and the, the support to go out there and be successful in the arena, but we just need to continue fostering them mentally, physically, and emotionally outside of the arena, um, just to prevent burnout and to keep them in the industry when they decide that they don't want to compete anymore or whatever life takes them. So it's. It's fun to see. And, you know, just like you, I'm always looking for looking for the next idea and how to implement it and, and yet trying not to throw too much out there at once so it can't be handled. But exactly. It's a balancing <laughs> act. It's not easy. <laughs> yes, that's for sure. Yeah. So we're getting here towards the end of the podcast. And I always like to just ask, you know, what's your advice for these kids? Like you have a quote or a life lesson or something that you learned that you just like to share with them. I've got, I don't know if it's a a quote or not, but the, uh, uh, the grandfather of the kid that's, that uses your, uh, uh, your silhouette, Rick, Rick Bates. Yep. Uh, Rick Bates told me a few years ago, we were, he, I, I used to stay at his place down there in Arizona uh, uh, for quite a few years. And him and I had always talked business. He's a very smart man, he thinks. Uh, but he told me in, in business, when you see everybody else running, slow down and walk. And when you see them walk and speed up and run. Yeah. Uh, and I never really understood it. And then I got to, you know, thinking about it when COVID hit, that kind of kind of rang true and it really helped me out with some different opportunities so uh i've always in, in my life i've always tried to do everything i could i try to be involved with everything i could meet as many people as i could because you never know down the line when that, that that one thing you learn how to do or that one person you met is going to make a huge difference in your life mm-hmm. uh, so i have always always tried different events tried different stuff done stuff that made me nervous uh, just to say I, I could, and, and he, like I said, you just never know when it's going to come around when he might need, need that little bit of information. So yeah. if you don't know if you like something, go ahead and try it, and it might, like like this video board deal, I never never dreamed a video board guy. I didn't even like, but an opportunity arose, and I, I, instead of running from it, I ran towards it, and here you are. Uh, so that's that's my little bit of advice is don't don't be afraid to try everything you possibly can I love that and you know I'm I'm in the same boat with the performance pony company like I I appreciate ponies but I'm not like oh my gosh I love ponies and just this is what I want you know and having a basement completely full of pony products um is is not something that I ever saw myself doing any retail or wholesale or any kind of 
um, product related business, really like my plan for my life was to, you know, have a nine to five job and rodeo on the weekends. That's kind of what I thought that I would end up doing, but, um, yeah, being open to those opportunities. And, um, if you get a hankering to do something, you just got to try it out because there's something there for you to learn, whether it becomes a lifelong career or just that lesson. It's, it's, there's something there. For sure. I love it. I love it. What you're doing. If ever has any questions about anything, I'm always here. Just reach out. And, and uh, if anybody's looking to get into the business or wanting to learn about it, I'm always hiring. Awesome. Where can they find information about you at, Michael? Um. Uh, frostviewproductions.com is my website and uh, Frostview Productions on, on Facebook is uh, all the info you'll need. Okay, awesome. Well, we'll make sure to add that in the footnotes. If somebody's got a, an interest in getting involved in that kind of thing, we'll for sure send them your way. You bet. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to do this. It's, it's so fun to learn about the different aspects of the industry and you know, since I started this podcast, my favorite thing is like, it's almost kind of selfish because I get to hear all these stories and talk to all, all of people like you who have created so many cool things in your life and hearing your journeys and um, it's inspiring and it allows us to learn that there's no one way to do anything. If I, that's Absolutely. The number one thing that I have learned through doing this podcast is that as soon as you think you've got somebody else's story figured out, put them on the spot for an hour and let them really tell their story because nobody does. It's all just a, a crapshoot of following your path and trial and error and figuring out what works best for you. For sure. For sure. Awesome. Well, thank you very much, Michael. Um, and good luck with, with your travels and with everything that you got going on. Right on. Thank you very much. Y'all have a good day. Thank you for tuning in to the RodeoKids.com podcast. Don't forget to give us a share, a like, a follow. Let us know what you think. And most importantly, share it with your friends. If you learn something, if there's something interesting that you think applies to somebody else, let them know about it. When you share, we grow. When we grow, we get to provide more opportunities so that you can grow. Until next time, safe travels, good luck, and God bless while chasing those gold buckle dreams.